0: Cast Iron Brains, a podcast throwing complex machines without clear instructions at a captive audience, desperate and starving for information and guidance, and offering absolutely nothing in the way of meaningful direction. But you'll be alright. You won't starve, probably. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How are you doing, Lori?
1: I'm good. I just got done talking about Buffy, so in a good mood.
0: <laughs> Won't make the final cut. I'm going to start my own podcast <laughs> with Abe right.
1: about Buffy. <laughs> we go. We're going to watch Buffy, <laughs> gonna be, and we're going to talk about it.
2: I'm going to be a stretch for <laughs> That's 40 right. 40 different points.
0: <laughs> Tonight is Monday, January 4th. 2021.
2: Happy New Year. The New Year. Seems very similar.
0: Yeah, as I saw on Twitter earlier today, don't really like this post credit scene on 2020 that they're throwing <laughs> at us here in 2021.
2: You know what, uh, what Monday is? It's one day away from me no longer receiving these obnoxious political text messages. I thought I would just... By way of example, count all the text messages that I received, but there were so many. I've received like twelve of them today, in the last like seven hours, and it's all—they've run out of steam. There was one where. Why they don't literally you explain said, to
0: these people that you voted, and this is, it's done?
2: I did. I saw one of these people on the wild over the weekend. They were wearing like a, they were wearing like some Warnock hats. I was like, hey. What's going on with all these texts? You know, They're like, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You started know. a conversation
0: because... with one of them? <laughs> yes. Because I was like... Whoa. It's like walking up to a homeless person and being like, so what's with all the panhandling? First of all, you, <laughs> you can't be like
2: two, three people with those things and not expect the occasional comment, you know? Yeah. You know, but I told them that too much, just too much. And they're like, there's no way for them to communicate with each group that's sending these things out
0: right because you're not getting you're not getting something from just georgia democrats or whatever you're getting you're on a list from like 50 different organizations trying to get out the vote or whatever
2: right yeah there's like i'm this guy from working for america i'm that guy black people them whatever and then there's like the my favorite ones are the uh leffler and uh purdue people they say, like, things with such enthusiasm, but they're not saying anything. So, like, there was one where they're like, did you know that Ossoff and Warnock are with Pelosi? And it's like, <laughs> exclamation <laughs> points. It's like, yeah, I would imagine they're the same party. Like, what? And then another one is political correctness has run amok. They're going to try to change the Braves' name unless you vote for Leffler oh, Perdue. That's like, okay. how it works,
1: huh?
0: Leftler and Purdue are going to, with the help of Mitch McConnell, make sure... that the atlanta braves owned by a hotel porn company (laughs) won't change their name (laughs) which by the way things are looking up for teams that have offensive names and then change oh yeah right washington football team still nameless washington football playoff team yeah in In the the playoffs. playoffs yes all because of the dastardly eagles hey the coup is it's still happening the, yeah, I can't believe, I mean, this is
2: from, like, at least six weeks ago, you were saying this is the date you're looking forward to, the 6th of January, and things are happening.
0: Things are happening. Actually, let's, before, let's, who's going to win tomorrow, Abe? We've got Leffler and Warnock, and we've got Purdue and Ossoff. Final predictions from you
1: no tomorrow it took forever to get them to count the president votes
0: it'll probably take a few days that's what i i've been reading it might take a couple days
2: right at at least it won't be overnight you know it'll probably be into wednesday going on thursday i saw on 538 they're still doing the polls like totally shameless after the (laughs) disaster
0: they do the polls and and uh, then every time they publish (laughs) a new batch of polls they write like a three thousand word essay saying look this is all probably nonsense. Like these are the polls. here's what here's what the numbers say we should be guessing, but we're definitely not actually guessing that.
2: basically, in the last poll, I think the average of poll is like a two point swing for the Democratic candidates. But it's basically in that margin error that it could go either way, you know. but i th- I think surprisingly, under any other year, this would be an automatic that challengers are going to win because we're going to talk about a very damaging audio that was released over the weekend, the whole snafu with uh, $600, let's make it 2000 No, never mind, let's not make it. Like A lot of bad things have happened for Purdue and Leftler. To say
0: nothing of two terrible candidates for Senate, right? Right, right, yes, yes. Leffler is just a total stiff who has no, yeah, she's, no she's business being terrific. in national politics whatsoever. Right. She has no positions on anything beyond... You need me to blockade against the oncoming uh, socialist takeover, right. and right. Purdue is not. Purdue doesn't say anything ever. He also only expresses contempt for Democrats in the media, has nothing to say right. in terms of positive government ideas or policy or anything like that, and largely quit making anything resembling public appearances where he might be challenged in any significant way, right? right? He didn't show up to debate. He doesn't talk to anybody except the worst of the worst at Fox and Fox Business.
2: Friendly outlets, yeah. And and uh, he pulled what I thought Mike Pence would pull, which is, I claim in close contact with someone, so oops, right. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. So he, I don't think he, he's not even at this uh, rally that they're holding, I think in Dalton, because he... Could possibly have the virus.
0: You didn't answer the question, Abe. Who's who's gonna win?
2: So, despite all of that, my hunch is that it's still gonna be Purdue and Loeffler because, like, this whole thing is just stupid, <laughs> and no one learned from anything. And here we are. I mean, I was just reading a thing somebody did, like a side by side, where after the impeachment thing didn't go anywhere, like uh, Susan Collins who was on the ropes, apparently, until she won by eight points. Susan Collins was like, well, clearly the president has learned his lesson. As I'm watching the clips of Trump basically pulling the exact same scheme that he did with Ukraine, right? So it's like, no lessons learned, not only by the politician, but also by the voters. So why should that change? It will be probably very close, but I still think somehow – despite all the odds, they're going to find a way to win.
0: I saw an interesting analysis by somebody. It might have been 538. It might have been somewhere else. It might have been Nate Cohn at the Times, talking about how in any other year, you would have written off Asaf long ago because he lost by some substantial tens of thousands of votes. Right. It, he just, it was just
2: a technicality, right? Yeah,
0: right a technicality, he just didn't get to 50%. He, he kept Purdue, The libertarian candidate basically kept Purdue from getting to 50%. Right and Ossoff trailed the Biden vote by tens of thousands of votes, and that in any other year you would automatically assume that Purdue was going to win. Right polls show something different, but that person concluded that Purdue is prob- almost certainly going to win just based on what happened six weeks ago. The other end of it is that Leffler is uniquely unqualified for the position and not beloved and that the whole thing is just about Trump, and that because of that, there's a possibility that you could see where in any other year you would not even, you couldn't dream of a split happening. Uh, But because the Democrats are so motivated that for whatever, like, I don't know how the math works because I just, I can't picture the person who goes to the polls or fills out a ballot who splits their ticket. Like, it doesn't, like, the fact that there's going to be A difference in the number of votes for Purdue and Leffler, and the difference in the number of votes for Ossoff and Warnock makes absolutely no sense to me.
2: Not only does it not make any sense, there is, I can say confidently, Bob, no scenario where there's going to be a split. There is absolutely no scenario. It is either going to be both red or
0: both blue. There's no split.
2: That is... 0%. Zero percent. So that's Zero your s- that's per-
0: your lock position. Yes. I'm. Does, going yeah.
2: That's definitely. Does
1: one of them have a shorter term than the other?
0: Yes. So.
2: Because
1: this isn't supposed to happen.
2: So David Perdue was, uh, I believe, elected in 2014. So this is his natural cycle, 2020. Uh huh. Leffler was appointed to complete the term of old man Isaacson, and so his term ends in 22. So I think. Okay. This is gonna. Okay. Be win yeah. now and win again in two years. Got it. Kind of like that. Doug Jones guy.
0: Yeah, I don't I, I will I will make a a bold prediction guaranteed to be wrong in in classic <laughs> Abe style, which is that right. I I think that the Democrats are going to win both seats. That is my that is my final thought on the race. But
1: you think you're wrong.
0: I expect to be wrong, but I right. the, the You're reason, predicting
1: something that you expect to be wrong.
0: Yes. That's okay, what that's, I'm
1: doing. That doesn't sound like you predict that.
0: Well, I'm predicting it, and I'm going to give reasons right now why oh, I'm making God. the prediction. And it's entirely based on this same foolish and almost romantic rationale that forced me to predict that Biden was going to win comfortably in all the 360?
2: What was that number? Uh, by the way, uh, if you're in the top whatever in the cast iron brand, you should be eliminated for being so far off on that. I'm just saying. Go ahead.
0: How dare you? It wasn't that far (laughs) off. I I sort of have to believe that the behavior of the president and the rest of the overwhelming majority of the rest of the Republican Party over the last six weeks is going to drive enough otherwise sane people who voted last time for Republicans. So we're talking about a a small, probably (laughs) uh, (laughs) cohort here, but. If there were any Republicans left in the party who voted for Trump or voted for Biden and then split their ticket to vote for the Republican right. senators in yeah. November, I have to think that if if there is anything in there that is not just deranged by Trump, that is not just entirely beholden to the cult, that everything that's happened— in the last six weeks to say nothing of the last 36 hours will have forced them the rest of the way out of the party, at least for this election cycle, because these are this is a, a couple of Senate races that can only be understood in terms of a referendum on Donald Trump. There is nothing there is nothing else that's going on.
2: Right. But that's the same thing. But in, what if they are already November, voted? It's...
0: Right. But it's gotten worse. Trump's approval rating right. has come down. He's right He's That's behaved true. He's behaved far worse in the last six weeks than you would have – than you can really say that he did at any other point but, in his presidency.
2: Right. What's interesting is that in your scenario, it would have to be true that there were these Republican voters who held on with Trump through a lot of stuff. Right, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of
0: losing matters, bad behavior. Even, even so, but but that's losing matters, right? And that's what I'm saying is that. So you think that had an impact for for fair-minded people, and I don't know how many there are, but for fair-minded people, and if whatever else this stupid country has going for it, in theory, I mean, the, the story that we tell is that right. you you come out on top. And you win and you get all of the rewards for it, and if you lose, right. you fucking lose and you go home and right. you try again yeah, you piss off. if, if right. like you get up tomorrow, you pull your boots on like that is right. the that is the American conservative Republican movement right. in right. My, for my entire life is that you get your ass kicked, you get knocked down and you don't right. deny reality you right. accept your circumstance and then you fight again tomorrow right right and I don't even I don't give a shit. Like I don't care about the stupid narrative, but this is the narrative that they allege to have cared about in terms of the way that they see the world. Right. And if that's the way they see the world, if that is a a genuine thing and it's not just purely about uh, the color of the jersey on your back or how much you can prove that you hate the other guy, then they should be they should stay home. Like maybe they can't bring themselves right. to vote for people who call themselves liberals who would run right. with uh Pelosi and AOC. Right. But I I also can't imagine them being as motivated uh, this time around after having to watch what the party has been doing for the last six weeks. And maybe that's crazy.
2: No, I I mean, uh, the factors going in your favor or in in the argument you're making. So after Trump loses, you're uh, you're right, his polls did go down. I think he was under 40 having lost. I mean, that could be because of The actions that he was taking, you know, denying reality, trying to sue his way, trying to, you know, just be crazy. Uh, And then also he got uh, a bill uh, that he vetoed get overridden. So like a lot of Republicans who were with him through the impeachment or with him through a lot of other incidents throughout his three and a half, four, well, four years now. All of a sudden, they turned on him on that. So they felt comfortable enough to where he won't stick his base on them for the defense bill. I thought when Senator Holly and then Cruz and his people, when they picked up a, a, a position that they're going to contest the certification, I thought there would be at least 20 or 30 other Republican senators. But it's so far, it's, it has held, A lot of Republicans— Uh, in the Senate have so far come out, I think there's at least like 12 or so that have come out saying, no, this is ridiculous. It's a settled issue. Uh, And I thought it would go the other way to say, well, for political reasons, I'm going to play stupid, further erode the whole institution we have. But so far, it has held. We'll see what happens. I mean, I can't imagine that the audio that came out over the weekend is going to motivate anyone to to jump on that ship. Because that ship is sinking. The Holly people, I can see them trying to set themselves up for a twenty twenty-four populist front. But I don't understand some of the others who have no real presidential Ted Cruz, aspirations. Ted
0: Cruz still thinks he's gonna be president someday. Like he's still Do You really think so? You yes, think he still that- fully believes that he can be the Republican nominee for president in twenty four and win. And it's probably it's probably his best path to national prominence moving forward. He almost lost to Beto just a couple of years yes. ago. Yeah, and there's reason to believe that as Texas, I mean whatever, say what you will about right. demographic shifts and whether or not it's actually happening. But I mean it's shifting, it's just not enough to overturn
2: uh, to change the outcome, but like the margins are narrowing.
0: Right. But know? it's not like he's he's not widened his base by going full Trump over the last 4 years, right? If anything, right. he's narrowed it. So I don't know right. that he's got a path to in, in not in the way that Cotton does, right? So Cotton in Arkansas right can probably afford to not go completely batshit insane and right and stick with trump through everything and probably still that, be okay i was surprised
2: by trump demands like fealty like you need to whatever i want happens right yeah
0: until 2 days ago you couldn't have named five senators more trumpist loyal than tom right. cotton right you you couldn't yes. have named five national politicians who were more loyal to trump personally and rhetorically, and throughout the last four years, than Tom Cotton. Yes. And it took this. Simply, all it took was Tom Cotton saying, I'm not going to object, I'm not going to play this game that won't result in any change anyway, right? Because even if you say you're going to play the game, the bottom line is that Democrats control the House of Representatives, right? Right. And there aren't enough Republicans, we already know, for a fact that because Romney, Collins, Sasse... Murkowski, that that, a bunch of these other Republican senators will not play the game, that this is a completely futile and entirely uh, theatrical event that's going to happen on the 6th. And so all it took was for Tom Cotton to gesture in the direction of reality for Donald Trump to immediately throw him under the bus and start talking about how Republicans never forget.
2: Which is what he always – I mean – He doesn't want loyalty –
0: he doesn't want loyalty – for the moments when he's just being a, nor- a relatively normal right. politician. He wants right. loyalty for the moments when he's com- being completely batshit insane and trying to invent right. new realities. That's the right. only moment that the loyalty matters, right? Because right. he's a deeply broken, psychologically broken <laughs> individual. And that's right. the only moment that the loyalty matters.
2: And he's done that to more you know, recently uh, the Attorney General, right, who's been lockstep with his crazy nonsense. I think they're still executing people with a few more weeks to go. But when he said, you know, there's not really anything there with the election fraud, he threw them under the... I mean, he let him resign and whatever, but like he was talking where is our? Where
0: is my attorney general? Where is Bill Barr?
2: Right. So he'll do that to anyone. And then that's the stick, the carrot. If you carry his water when he needs you to, he's going to give you a presidential medal of freedom like he did to Devin Nunes.
0: Right, but what does t- so? But that's the that's the thing about Ted Cruz and these other Republicans going along with it, which is that the moment that Ted Cruz tries to take it for himself, yes. the moment that Ted Cruz tries to turn this loyalty train of of having been a, a a passenger on the train this entire way and never wavered in his loyalty, the moment he tries to veer off and take take the tail with him, is the yeah. moment that. Trump is going to shank him. Like, right. He's, yes. He does it every fucking time. So right. the only thought can be that Ted Cruz expects or hopes that Donald Trump will die. But, right. Before. Don't we all? Before Ted Cruz.
1: That's Ted Cruz and I have that in common.
0: Before the 2024 race. Because it's not like. Ted Cruz will ever have been so successful in convincing Donald Trump that he's a loyal servant, that Donald Trump will then turn and say, here are the keys to the dominion. It's like like the fucking succession show, right? Right. The old man is never going to give the empire to Kendall. It's just never going to happen. He will shank him in the gut every fucking turn.
2: Right. 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 Although, to be fair to that old man in succession, he wants to see something out of his kids, but they're all a bunch of putzes, so that's why he won't let them carry the ball. on. Yeah, w- the I cru- wonder
0: why they're putzes.
2: <laughs> Come on, he had a lot of money. I'm sure there were maids and whatever. Anyways, Trump had a lot of ammunition on Cruz, where he tried to run for the presidency. I mean, not long ago, four years ago, like—
1: Cruz was like king of the never Trumpers.
2: Right. Not only because he called his wife, uh, Cruz's wife ugly, and he accused his old man of assassinating JFK or being present. Having a part in the
0: the whole thing. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. So and then he tried to make a big show like, oh, don't you, you know, leave them alone. I'm, you know, come after me. I'm 40 or whatever. You know, like he (laughs) did a thing.
1: My favorite (laughs) quote ever. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he, so he did all that, and then as soon as it became uh, necessary for him to be subservient to him, he jumped at it. I think it's more likely—I'm sure he has presidential aspirations, but he kind of sees the lay of the land. He's not going to get a second crack at it. But this is the grift circuit. So he's probably pocketing some monies through these efforts, you know, to say, oh, let's help this uh, election investigation thing. And uh, well, well, probably
0: you know. nothing. It's, it is it is the case that he is fundraising off of the Georgia Senate race for himself. Right. Okay. right.
2: <laughs> so, you know, he's basically, you know, we had a week 17 of the NFL where certain teams like Mike Holtz, needed help, right? So, Cruz is on the outside looking in. He needs help. So, for instance, Trump, uh, something happening to him or some other event to propel him to the top tier of
0: 24. But right now, he's on the outside. You look at 24 and you look at all of these people where you've got Pompeo, who's obviously going to try to make a run. He's a stiff. He's not going anywhere. Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley. I think—
2: yeah, I think it's Holly Cotton and uh, Nikki Haley.
0: If Nikki Haley doesn't get the nomination, it will. It will like it's hers to lose.
2: But you know what's going to happen in the primary? She's the one that took down your. You know, she's politically correct. She took down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. We're going to run that she's back. Not, yeah, she's like uh, in the primaries they will because what other angle do they have? She's like she's not that conservative. She's not one so of Tom ours. Cotton so Tom Cotton and Ted can't...
0: Cruz are going to take a big pro Confederate flag <laughs> stance. They'll frame it around she's willing to do the bidding of these
2: uh, politically correct types. All right.
0: I can't rule anything Not directly
2: out, from the party, from the candidate. There'll be some you know, right. soft money thing. Yeah.
0: All right. So we've been dancing around it. Donald Trump called the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, on Saturday, I think. And the full audio of that was released on Sunday. By Raffensberger. Did you listen? It's a it's an hour and two minutes. See, Bob, this is difference between
2: me and you. There's a line I won't get crossed. Like sometimes too much Trump is too much Trump. So I was thinking this guy's gonna be out of office in a few weeks. Sixty two minutes of him blabbing about.
3: Mm-mm. All
0: right. So well, uh, I did listen to the entire <laughs> and thing, and I knew that you were gonna listen to it. So How? You'll do that why didn't listening.
1: they talk about this on the Sunday shows?
0: Because it hadn't come out yet.
1: Ah, oh, they must be so mad.
2: The nightly news before we started recording, you know, it was like the second or third story. Like, right?
0: That's how and, fast and the, the news cycle works, right? Right. So this came out Sunday afternoon, early Sunday <laughs> yeah, afternoon, <laughs> and by Monday night, it's the third item. It's crazy. Right.
2: And the, it's not like the first item was like an earthquake in L.A. It's just like. Vaccines, COVID, which has been the same story, been you know, important story, but like the President of the United States did the same thing that he did with Ukraine, which caused them to be impeached, but now it's like, Oh yeah. He try to get some underling to commit a crime on his behalf. Let's move on to the weather.
0: All right, so I not only listened to the whole thing, I also put together, instead of using somebody else's, I put together a highlight reel for us. Oh, nice. What were you like six months ago? You should you should do this for every Trump thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I should be doing with my time. <laughs> um, I so can't
1: think of anything else you this should is, be doing.
0: This is down to seven and a half minutes. So if you don't want to hear this, by all means, skip forward seven and a half minutes. Abe and Lori, you will not have that luxury.
1: I didn't hear all of it because my dad called and rescued me. And I quickly answered the phone. I was like, hello, <laughs> what's going on with you?
2: So, Bob, you trimmed a lot of fat here. So the other 50-some uh, or minutes, whatever, not, not very important. Seven minutes, perfect. that's pretty... All very
0: important. So to sum up the call, the first 15 minutes... Or Donald Trump giving fifteen minutes of pure bullshit. Like he just he okay. he says a bunch of numbers, none of which are true. Where he he says things like five thousand dead people voted, and that's not at all true. He says things like thousands of people said that they moved out of Georgia and voted. Uh, he says that eighteen thousand votes were run through the machine three times by this woman in Fulton County to give a hundred percent of the vote to. Joe Biden. He says this over... So he says, like, for 15 minutes, he he lists a whole bunch of crazy shit, which it turns out, most of which originated from either the One American News Network or QAnon forums on the internet.
2: In a... speculative, hearsay kind of way? like right. somebody With no evidence,
0: said. Right? So there's yeah. no evidence for any of this <laughs> shit. But He's presenting it all as though they have all of this evidence, and he does this for 15 minutes, and he, then he throws it to the floor, and he lets people respond, and then the rest of the 45 minutes is just him going back to all of the things that he's already... In the same way that he does in his speeches, right? Where he right. only has about 10 things to say on any given day. And then
2: he's done a loop, okay. And he
0: just keeps repeating, so... And I didn't pull out – this is not like the – there are a couple of really funny highlights. I didn't I didn't go with a pure humor aspect, but I, I pulled out uh, the things okay. that I thought were most meaningful. So it's seven and a okay. half minutes, and with my apologies, but I can't stress enough how important I think it is to listen to because of how, like, legitimately crazy it is.
3: Yes.
4: And the people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry – and there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Because uh, the 2,236 and absentee ballots, I mean, they're, they're all exact numbers that were, were done by accounting firms, law firms, etc. And even if you cut them in half, cut them in half, and cut them in half again, it's more votes than we need.
3: Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Uh, we, we talked to the congressmen and they were surprised,
4: but they, uh, I guess there was a person named Mr. Raynard that came to these meetings and presented data. And he said that there was dead people, of, I believe it was upward of 5,000. The actual number were two. Two. Two people that were dead that voted. They, they should share it because you want to get to an honest election. I won this election by hundreds of thousands of votes. There's no way I lost Georgia. There's no way. We won by hundreds of thousands of votes. I'm just going by small numbers. When you add them up, they're many times (laughs) the 11,000. But but I won that state by hundreds of thousands of votes. Now, do you think it's possible that they uh, shredded ballots in uh, Fulton County? Because that's what the rumor is. And also that Dominion took out machines, Uh, that Dominion is really moving fast to get rid of their uh, Machinery. Do you know anything about that? Because that's illegal. This is Ryan Germany. No, Dominion has not um, moved any machinery out of Fulton County. We're having well, but it. no, but but have they moved? Have they have they moved the inner parts of the machines and replaced them with other parts? No. You sure, Ryan? I'm sure. I'm sure, Mr. President. And what about what about the? Uh, what about the ballots, the uh, shredding of the ballots? Have they been shredding ballots? No. You know, the only investigation that we have into that, they have not been shredding any ballots. Um, there was an issue in Cobb County where they were doing normal uh, you know, office shredding, getting rid of old stuff, and we investigated that, but this is stuff from you know, past elections.
3: Oh, I don't know. It doesn't pass
4: the smell test, though, because we hear they're shredding thousands and thousands of ballots. Uh, and now what they're saying? Oh, we're just cleaning up the office. <laughs> you know, I don't think that plays well, Mr. Mr. President, the problem uh, you have with social media, they can, people can say anything. No, I, no, this isn't social media. This is Trump media. It's not social media. It's, it's, it's really not. It's not social media. I don't care about social media. I couldn't care less. Social media is big tech. Big tech is on your side, you know. I don't even know why you have a side, because you should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican.
3: We believe, that we do have an accurate election. No, I, know you don't.
4: No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have, not even close.
3: Okay.
4: The ballots are corrupt, and you're going to find that they are, and which is totally illegal. It's, it's, it's more illegal for you than it is for them, because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's, that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyers. That's a big risk. But they are shredding <laughs> ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. And flipping the state is a great testament to our country, because you know, and this there's, there's just a, it's a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever you want to call it, if it was a mistake, I don't know. A lot of people think it wasn't a mistake. It was much more uh, criminal than that. But it's a big problem in Georgia, and it's, it's not a problem that's going away. I mean, you know, it's not a problem that's going away. Okay. So, what, so what are we going to do here, folks? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Uh, you know, we have that in spades already. Or we can keep it going. But that's not fair to the voters of Georgia because they're going to see what happened. And uh, they're going to see what happened. I mean, I'll... Why don't you want to find this, Ryan? What's wrong with you? I heard the, I heard your lawyer is very difficult, actually, but I'm sure you're a good lawyer. <laughs> you have a nice last name. But but I'm just curious. Why wouldn't... why Why do you keep fighting this thing? It's just... Doesn't make sense.
3: Okay.
4: So, so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? Uh, we won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly, in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to re-examine it, and you can re-examine it, but but re-examine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. Uh, For instance, I'm hearing Ryan, and he's probably, I'm sure, a great lawyer and everything, but he's making statements about those ballots that he doesn't know. But he's making them with such... He he did make them with surety, but now I think he's less sure, because the answer is they all went to Biden. And that alone wins us the election by a lot. And Stacey Abrams is laughing about, you know, she's going around saying these guys are dumber than a rock. What she's done to this party is unbelievable, I tell you. And I only ran against her once, and that was with a guy named Brian Kemp, and I beat her. And if I didn't run, Brian wouldn't have had even a shot, either in the general or in the primary. He was dead, dead at a doornail. He never thought he had a shot at either one of them. What a schmuck I was, but that's the way it is. (laughs) That's the way it is. You're going to have people just not voting. They don't want to vote. They hate the state. They hate the governor. And they hate the secretary of state. I will tell you that right now. And the only people that like you are people that will never vote for you. You know that, Brad, right? They like you, you know. They like you. They can't believe what they found. They want more people like you. So, look, uh, can you get together tomorrow? And, Brad, we just want the truth. It's simple. And uh, and everyone's going to look very good if the truth comes out. It's okay. it takes take a little while, but let the truth come out. Don't and the, tr- the real truth is I won by 400,000 votes at least. That's the real truth. But we don't need 400,000 votes. We need uh, less than 2,000 votes.
0: There we have it.
1: Okay. How
4: does
0: I was- the
1: phone call end? Like
0: Basically like that. Like, so that all would right, a, the, talk the to end? you
1: some other time. Like, how do you end that kind of phone call?
0: That was right. that, that. was within 15 seconds of the call ending. He he says something like, "The lawyers will be in touch. Thanks for every. Thanks everybody. Okay. Bye."
2: I mean, listen to the whole thing. Uh, it's kind of amusing, but what's remarkable is how, if you look at it from the point of view, is that Trump, which he's done in other instances, he wants you. To do the illegal activity, he's not gonna do it. He's never gonna say commit a crime for it. He's gonna say, "Could you let see yourself letting this go with the FBI director?" Um, you know, whatever he said for the hush money for the porn, uh, whatever the Ukraine call, he used similar like, "Hey, read between the lines. You know, we, you know, America does a lot of favors for y'all. How about you return the favor?" Um, then here he's doing the exact same thing, where he's basically saying, "What are we gonna do about this?" What do you mean? What are we gonna do? You have no role in this, right? The president has no
0: role in this, right? And it's at the same it's at the same time that he's doing a, a not uh, I'll say subtle threat, but it's not a very subtle threat. But he ke- he kept saying, and and the thing that I was looking for as I went through this was to find instances where he talked about what he needed, right? Which is not. He doesn't say that he needs the truth to come out until the very end, He, he throws right. some he throws some something in the general direction of just hoping that the truth will come out, which is well, obviously that, absurd.
2: Right, but that end I need you know plus one vote on my what he mark. needs
0: is eleven thousand yeah. seven hundred and eighty right. votes, which would give him right. because it, he says at another point in the call, it doesn't matter if he wins by two votes or if he wins by half a million votes. right The point is that he wins right and and the the threat that's that he's doing there and he keeps he keeps at it and i haven't seen this pointed out elsewhere so i don't know if maybe i'm reading too much into it but he keeps saying that this isn't going to go away it's not going to go right. away and he says right. you're not making anybody happy who's going to vote for you anyway right? right and when he says it's not going to go away what he means is he's not going to stop talking about this that this right. that he is going to be holding the sword over these people's heads for as long as he lives or as long as they continue to stand in his way. That every day, for as long as they live, he will continue to blame them for his failure. That he will not ever accept any responsibility whatsoever. That's what he means when he keeps saying, this isn't going to go away.
2: There was a transcript of the call, but the chief of staff... Mark Meadows said something that I found interesting because he is also kind of deliberately not saying anything explicit. But if you read between the lines, it's very obvious what they're getting at. So Mark Meadows, this is from the New York Times transcript. He says, what I'm hopeful for is there are some ways that we can we can find some kind of agreement to look at this a little bit more fully. As you know, the president mentioned Fulton County. But in some of these areas where there seems to be a difference of where the facts seem to lead, the facts lead against their position. But this is me speaking. Um, And so, Mr. Secretary, I was hopeful that, you know, in a spirit of cooperation and compromise, there's something that we can at least have a discussion to look at some of these allegations to find a path forward that's less litigious, basically. We can't. By less make the litigious case in court.
0: by less litigious, what he means is we keep getting our asses handed to right. us in court. Right. Because right. we we make all of these claims in the media, but when we go before the courts, we can't make the insane claims. We can only make the relatively small claims. And even when we make the relatively small claims, we're getting our asses thrown out of court. So we need right. to find another path that's less right. litigious. And the only right. path is for the Secretary of State to go back and change his mind about what he did right. three weeks ago.
2: Right. And and basically, uh, you're a friendly, there's no friends on the other side, they're happy with you now, but you're on our team. What the right. fuck, guy? I don't understand like, what
0: you're doing. You're a Republican. Yeah. You're right. supposed to be fighting on our team.
2: Right. So the whole time there is a concerted effort to get the point across. I would imagine he's made similar claims to the governor in Arizona. He probably is not trying this with any secretaries of states or governors that are Democrats. But at least Arizona, he would—I'm sure there's a call that's similar to this. And by the way, there's a call uh, recording because Raffensperger did not trust that the call would be interpreted correctly. Because I'm sure Trump would have said some, oh, it was a perfect
0: call, and I said this and that. So, like, he's not very well trusted. It was recorded. Raffensperger said it's recorded because— a month ago, Lindsey Graham called me and told me to throw out perfectly right. legitimate votes and then right. lied about it the next day right. when asked about it by a reporter and called me a liar. So I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to record right. the call. Right. And then he framed it. He made the mistake of saying, I wouldn't have released this if Trump hadn't lied about me and tweeted, right. about, tweeted those lies out about me. And that was interpreted as he wouldn't do the right thing if Trump had just kept his mouth shut. But right. that's like... It's like saying that I'm not going to catch this ball if I drop it out of my hand and it begins to fall to the ground, right? It's, right. Not, it's not actually a conditional premise that when you say if, tr- if Trump is going to lie, that's not act- – it sounds like a conditional premise, but it's right. not. It's saying right. I'm going to drop this ball and it's going to fall to the ground because the inevitable thing is that Trump is going to lie, and he wanted right. to have the proof of it.
2: You're right. So, and what's, what's odd, though, with Raffensperger's stories. I read uh, what you just said, but I also read that he himself was not the one who released it. So I was like
0: – Well, whatever. Somebody – no, for whatever reason – but he wasn't just saying
2: that as a technicality, but he was just saying this – because you know the, every argument that keeps failing, they just move on to the next one. So they eventually land to – this was – why would a Republican, a fellow partyman, release this to the public that's not favorable to him? Uh, and he was saying, oh, I didn't release it. So maybe that could be like, oh, someone in my staff released it, but it
0: was just uh, odd. But he knew it was coming, and he right. knew that it was coming from somebody in his camp. Right. Also, David, David Perdue, the man who's, going to, who's on the Senate ballot tomorrow, was shocked, absolutely shocked and disgusted by, uh, well, not by the call, but by, right. the fact that it was, <laughs> but by the fact that it was recorded and then released to the media. That's right. the thing okay. that he was shocked and disgusted by.
2: Isn't that the textbook? Uh, if the argument is on your side, you know, make the argument. That if the facts are not on your side, then pound the table. I'm, I'm butchering this thing. Right. but like. have the
4: facts, pound the facts. If you have the law, pound the law. If you have neither, pound the table. We're seeing a lot of table pounding this morning.
2: That's what he's doing. Like the the facts are not on his side, so he's going to focus on something else like it's a principle of thing or it's legal to record whatever, you know, like and how could you, you're a fellow republican?
0: The fact that they're not impeaching him today is just more testament to the fact that he's not actually the president, right? Because right. <laughs> if the if the president does this, he he cannot be the president any longer. You right. cannot be calling secretaries of state who have already legally certified the results of their election, who have already audited and recounted and proven that the result is the result and start demanding that they find you just enough. Not he's not so, and he brings up dominion and then he also, he he also throws dominion out the, out of the window at the same time, because he says without evidence or without any support that dominion was flipping votes that they yes. somehow there's an algorithm that somehow cheated donald trump out of hundreds of thousands of votes and if that's if that's true it is inarguably one of the greatest crimes in the history of this country right right like like there's just yeah. this, there's a voting machine software company being run by international conglomerate interests that decided the election with the flip of a switch if that's the case then it's it's not something that you can just say, well, that's what happened, but forget about it. Don't worry about it. Instead, just get me uh, the 5,000 votes thrown out that I need thrown out.
2: For what it's worth, I live and voted in Fulton County. To me, it's just baffling because like, if they explain the process, because they changed the voting system, they've upgraded the system finally. And so you use this touch thing to vote. They give you a card, you hit some buttons. And then when you're done you say you're done right and then out comes a printed sheet that has what you voted on and then you take it to a different machine and you insert it there so is the argument that in that second step it flipped it because it didn't happen at the first step i would understand if you're using some touch screen and then you say
0: done when, when georgia first got those touch screen ballots there was no physical receipt that printed because I remember, I, I voted in Georgia I remember those. many times. They, they give you a little a credit card-shaped card thing, and you, you stick it in the machine, your ballot pops up, you fill out the ballot, it spits your card out, but that's it. You go, you turn that's the it. card in, and the card yeah. doesn't actually have the record of your vote. They recycle the cards. The card is right. just the ballot effectively. And the the count stays on the machine. And then they fold up the machine and they get the data off of it or whatever. But there was no for a period of some 10 years or something, after they first introduced those voting machines, there was no paper copy. And yeah, it felt a little weird doing it that way.
2: Right. Like you can see that in theory you could manipulate it. But I mean, maybe you still can, but like the way, the experience is you literally get a printed thing and it has everything you voted on, all of the different stupid ballot measures at the end, and then you take it to another machine and you insert that. So it's like maybe there is some sort of scheme on the other scheme. But like, that seems to be a very difficult thing. How would the system know what to flip and what not to flip?
0: Right. It's not, it's not happening. And if it was happening, right. then it would be like literally, like I said, one of the greatest crimes in the history right. of –
3: Right. It would be like so, a really
1: yeah. cool Ocean's 12 kind of movie. That w-
2: <laughs> But That'd this is cool. the worst installment of that because this outcome was not the best case scenario for either side. Like you would think if somebody was scheming, they would scheme was scheming enti- it.
0: And it was entirely predictable. And it's right. in keeping yeah. with everything that we know about his – and say what you will about the the garbage public polling. But if you yep. take – His approval rating, it Uh tracks with the number of votes that he got. That's right, In a very consistent way. It's consistent, yeah. In a way that's consistent with previous presidents, previous years, right? So it's not like there's this weird outlier in any way. Nothing about this election is surprising except for the fact, you can argue, that Republicans outperformed the top of the ticket in a down-ballot sort of way.
2: Right? Is there any doubt that Trump himself is rooting for purdue and Leffler to lose just so he can further his argument that they're taking it away their the steel is is on they went after me november now they're after these two yokels it,
0: it's not he doesn't he has no he, he benefits no, not personally at all from them winning or losing yeah. it doesn't matter because to donald win, trump's fortunes right. one way or another
2: right because then it, it further erodes his argument because like down-ballot, the Republicans did well this cycle. Not a very favorable cycle, but they did well. He did not. And then two months later, after more nonsense, the two Republicans did well. That says that it's just you, man. They just didn't want you. They right. wanted all these shitty people, but they, you're so shitty, apparently, that they didn't want you.
0: And so I said earlier that just. I'm optimistic that and, – and don't mistake this for me being some sort of Democratic partisan hack when i say that i'm optimistic that the de- democrats can win tomorrow i'm just of the opinion that mitch mcconnell should no longer be in charge of the senate that is my my primary motivation <laughs> is that i don't want mitch mcconnell in charge of anything anymore
2: i remember what mitch mcconnell became uh, when he became the leader on the republican side but it feel like he's been around forever like yeah. like my entire existence but it'd be nice if he were to no longer be the.
0: Yeah, I just don't want him. Like the, the fact that a Supreme Court justice could go six months from now. And I have, I just have no doubt that if he had the majority in the Senate, that he would sit on that appointment and he would use the results. He would use the fact that the runoff went his way, right? That if, yeah, if Leffler and Purdue are elected tomorrow and if Clarence Thomas dies right. in. March or April of next year, or something crazy like that, he will. Mitch McConnell will tur- turn around and point to the results of the January runoff, where That's true. the American people had a chance to say that Joe Biden should get to nominate Supreme Court justices, and in their wisdom, they saw fit to give us an opposing voice. And, right. it is and if you went that off opposing... the
2: record, if he went off the record, he said. They, they still kept us in after the bullshit that I pulled with RBG seats, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm sure he would feel very validated that not only did he stay on, but they won in a, again, unfavorable environment. I mean, Leftler and Purdue are in a bad, if you had a like political advisor, to like, this is bad. This is not ideal. In a runoff, you should win, but this is not good. So if it's they so, were it's to so, pull it off... It's
0: so bad that... She Leffler goes on a friendly Fox program this Sunday where Wallace is off. So she's on talking with Brett Baer and Brett Baer is trying to get her to commit one way or another on on whether she would have voted to overturn the veto or not. As it turns out, her her vote wasn't needed. So she took that as an opportunity to stay in Georgia and campaign rather than go back and vote again. But she wouldn't. She wouldn't answer the question whether or not she would have voted on the defense bill. Right. Like that's how bad her position is. Right. That she (laughs) voted for the defense bill. (laughs) The president then vetoed it, and she wouldn't answer whether or not she would have voted uh, to send it back. Because there's no cost for her to not say anything and look foolish. Right. Because it doesn't have anything to do with her. Right. This election has less than nothing to do with her, and it has everything to do with how much. You can convince the people on your side to hate the people on the other side. Right. So we heard the president. We know that there are going to be, and I'm not exaggerating, something like 60% of congressional Republicans who yes. are in the first round going to object to these results being certified, which will cause debate to happen. It is, as of right now, limited to something like a dozen senators and something like 140 uh Congress people on the Republican side who are going to object, or at least have, who have said that they're going to object, I, I suspect the number in the end will go up a little bit from there, but not too much. But something like sixty percent of the Republican establishment, of of the Republican holders of power at the national level, are going to object to having the results of the November election certified. And I want to play a clip from Meet the Press. Ron Johnson was oh, on. Boy. Meet the press this weekend. So, so keeping in mind that the president of the United States called a state secretary of state this weekend and demanded that he find him 12,000 votes one way or another and is in the process of insisting that on January 6th, Mike Pence and congressional Republicans find a way to reinstall him as the president, despite the fact that he very obviously lost this is the president doing this, and he has the backing of the majority of the Republican Party at this point. Keeping that in mind, right. here is Ron Johnson with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press on Sunday. All right, um, Senator, I want to quote Senator Ben Sass for you, because what you're alleging is essentially you, have, you and your colleagues have created this controversy. So right now, we are locked into a destructive, vicious circle, in, in some ways, as you kind of outlined, except which is you made an allegation that there was widespread fraud, You have failed to offer specific evidence of that widespread fraud, but you're demanding an an investigation on the grounds that there are allegations of widespread fraud. So essentially, you're the arsonist here. Um, President Trump is the arsonist here. You've started this fire, and now you're saying, whoa, look at this. Oh, my God. All these people believe what we told them because you didn't have the guts to tell the truth that this election was fair. Chuck, this fire was started back in, uh, you know, January of 2017. People like uh, Mark Zaid, in his tweet, uh, the coup has started, first of many steps, rebellion and impeachment to follow ultimately. Uh, This was started when the mainstream media... This was started when some fucking rando blue-check lawyer on Twitter in 2017 said that we're going to impeach this president. Right. By the way, why was Chuck Todd not like, who... Like, right. Is this a known I, person? I, I, I rewound twice <laughs> to get like, the name t- right, so that, right. So, so that I could properly Google and find out who he was talking about. Because he, he, he wasn't saying Nancy Pelosi and, and Hillary Clinton and Chuck Schumer were insisting that they were immediately going to impeach this president and overthrow the democratic results of an election that they disagree with. He was right. talking about some random idiot yeah. on Twitter – why him? I'm sure there's a other...
2: It, it was such a bizarre thing to go to. Chuck Todd, he could say, who? Or he could say, so this isn't about election integrity. This is just about some other issue? Like I don't understand how those two connect. Right. He's been making this case this, before. Right, the, this
0: is just about what's good for the goose is good for the gander? Right. It's when, just, the, when the goose is some fucking duck that nobody's ever heard of on the side of the road, <laughs> right. squawking about, about impeaching a president, and the right. gander is the literal president of the United States and the right. entire establishment of the Republican Party?
2: Right. It, it seems to be every time these politicians, and lately it's been mostly just Republicans, they'll do something bad, they'll get a lot of flack for it by people that pay attention, they won't suffer a cost in, in the election— And they'll do a little more bad. And they'll continue to do more. So this just a continuation of this. Why why shouldn't
0: we behave as poorly as the worst of the random idiots on your side behave? Right. Is what a senator of the United States is saying out loud, on purpose, on television.
2: Right. Right. Just this random tweet gives me license (laughs) to try to overturn an election. And this is all the argument underneath. And going back to what uh, Chuck Todd was saying when I was watching the segment, I was thinking, remember the, the housing crisis where they would package a bunch of shit and they would turn it into like, oh, this is a safe security that you can trade around, but it's just all shit. It's just a lot of shit put together and it's legitimized by being in a pack of shit. That's basically all of these arguments are. Like, if you sit there and just address each one, it's all just bull, right? It's either totally made up or just some sort of misunderstanding or just some troll on some, cha- you know, one of these chants, right? But they're like, well, I'm hearing a lot. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. I'm concerned. But this concern is because of this self-fulfilling prophecy of just, let's just put a bunch of shit together and say we're concerned about election integrity. But then when you press them on it, they'll say, well, that one guy tweeted this that is thing. How, this
0: is how all of the uh, of master conspiracy – like because you have regular conspiracy theories, right? Like, right. Uh, like we the didn't moon go, thing. We didn't go yeah. to the moon. Or right. JFK was assassinated by the CIA. Or yes. fluoridation of water is a commie plot. Something right. like that, right? Those are fine. Those are sort of interesting right. things right. because you – can stuff, yeah. You can investigate them, you can figure them out, generally speaking, and, and it's almost a game. Like with the, right. the did-we-go-to-the-moon stuff, it's mostly just a game, right? It's, and it's sort of a fun exercise.
2: And there's but, no nexus to your everyday life. Like these things are being tied to politicians who are making these decisions for actual things.
0: Right, but the moment that you start getting into unified master theory, right, where it's, it's QAnon – Right. Or where or where it's flat earth. Right. So flat earth is one of these theories that is that that takes every conspiracy theory you've ever heard and and rolls it into itself, suggesting that they are so committed to the project of convincing you that there is a round earth, that there is a a oblong spheroid earth that they will lie to you about everything else, right? So right. all of the other lies that you are, are taking in are, is because of this underlying fundamental thing that the Earth is actually flat. QAnon does the same thing, right? Everything is actually connected, that everything right. that happens over here is connected over here. And so as you attack one part of it, they can just sidestep to the other thing and it doesn't right. matter how many ti- how many things along the way that you debunk it all builds into this ball of shit as you're describing right. it And now all you've done is you've given like ontological presence to the ball of shit. So so, just by engaging with it, you've because you've acquiesced to their reality. Now you're playing their fucking game, right? Right. And if you're playing their game, then they've won, right? That's and it's the entire Trump thing is if you're in the sandbox with Trump, then Trump has already won the game.
2: Right, and they all seem to be exiting the Trump thing way too late and they're just like oh this guy truly is a shithead it's like same guy same guy you were supporting like four years ago but what is interesting about the senator from wisconsin is that maybe i just didn't read this but he doesn't seem to have any shame about it because like this is fairly shameful because like later on chuck todd was talking about so just because you hear people saying things you have to investigate it and treat it as a thing because he kind of brought up some other things like the Moon landing and the nine and eleven truthers, right? So how Mm -hmm. come you're not doing a thing about that? And it's like, oh, whatever. It seems like they they're getting better. Some of these politicians are getting better. Of they no longer, maybe they just never had any like shame, but they don't seem to be bothered. But all right, I'll take whatever shit. No, as as I've been
0: saying for a couple years now, the primary obstacle to public life is a willingness to be humiliated. Yeah. Right. Or a complete ignorance of the fact that you are. In fact, being humiliated, right? right. <laughs> and so Ron Johnson goes on television, and the only answer is one of two things: either he is completely ignorant of the fact that right. he is in fact being humiliated in the eyes of anyone. Who, he's got to be aware, right? Or he's just fine with it—that he right. can in, that he has a an almost supernatural ability to endure that level of what would otherwise be just crippling humiliation for any normal human being.
2: Right? If if they had. If they had recruits for politicians that like do with athletes, you know, how you have the, the prototypical quarterback height and cannon arm. High on the list for a recruit politician would be a high tolerance for humiliation. Like, you would have yeah. to have that.
0: Along these same lines, I'm going to go with – I think the last clip of today is going to be from – it was retweeted by Ted Cruz. So here's the, here's the respectable version of what the Republican Party is trying to do right now. This is the, basically the Cruz-Hawley line.
3: Uh, this is as, the
0: Trump
2: Party versus uh, the old guard Republican Party.
0: As voiced by Glenn Beck here. Just, just 56 seconds. <laughs> Look at Glenn. Why is everybody freaking out about this? They're asking for 10 days. 10 days
2: to do an audit. Because the only ones that have actually seen all of the information are the legislatures, the state legislatures. And legislators from all over the country have been calling Congress and the Senate saying, you cannot accept these. They railroaded them through, you cannot accept these.
4: So what are they asking for? Ten days for an official audit. Is that too much to ask for a constitutional republic? Is that too much to ask so we could put this issue behind us?
2: First of all, what's what's going on with Glenn?
1: I thought that he got cool again, and now he's awful again. For like again. two
2: weeks, I think he probably saw, and, and maybe this is what Trump gets at, why are you trying to help the other side that's never going to be on your side? There is no middle, if you're some radio yeah. guy or whatever he is. So like he probably try to be like, "Oh, this Trump thing is kind of stupid, but there's not really an audience to be there cuz he's still yeah. otherwise conservative." So it's like, "Oh, I got to go back." I think he's not the only one where they try to get themselves out of the Trump of Trump's orbit and financially or just the flack that they're getting, they always come back. They double down. So yeah. I think that's a very short-lived moment where he was like, maybe I was wrong about
0: this Trump. The fact that he's couching this in terms of, is that too much to ask in a constitutional republic? That the national legislature void the results of the many states having done (laughs) their thing? Which is that we explicitly leave National, Even national elections to the domain of the states, that right. the states are in charge of deciding what they're going to do. And we have had 50 states who have certified – 50 states plus D.C. who have certified the results of that election through right. all of the legal means in their state and right. then sent it to the national legislature for the rubber stamp, which is the only function of right. the national legislature at that point. Right. And he's saying that because we're in a constitutional republic, is it too much to ask that an audit be done? As the, as though this process hasn't played out right. in 51 discrete areas of this country already over right. the course of the last six weeks.
2: Right. The, the is it too much to ask line of argument only works in a vacuum. Like if you then consider, you know, you can turn it around and say, is it too much to accept the judgment of like 60 different judges, uh, the Supreme Court, like you said, 51 different states and and districts, all of these different governors, is it too much to accept the outcome based on all of that, including hand recounts in certain states, including Georgia? The issue isn't a 10-day audit. The issue is you want a certain outcome. Until you get that certain outcome, it is never gonna be enough. And
0: And think about the think about the specifics of what they're alleging, all of which like so Trump in that call, and I I didn't play this part of the clip, he says that two hundred thousand more people in Pennsylvania or maybe even just Philadelphia voted than exist on the rolls. It's something that's just false. Right. It's right. just not true. Right. So yes, in this case, Glenn, it is too much to ask. Because if none of the things that are being alleged track at all with known right. reality right. and have already been disproven, then 10 days is too much to ask. Right. Then right. 10 days is just another 10 days for him to figure something else out. Right.
2: right. And it's also not... Just 10 days. First of all, it would be a great concession if you could convince people based on this very flimsy, non existent evidence to push it back 10 days. Because what do you think would happen on this? Because 16th? who's the
0: person that you, there's only one person that you have to convince to right. convince the whole flock. And you're right. never going to convince that person. Right. Yeah. Right, because they, because it doesn't matter what happens in that ten, if, if an audit comes about and and all fifty one states all fifty states plus D C come back with the exact same results. Right? right. Do we think Donald Trump then says, ah, well, right, there we have it. Right, that's How just po- it." I, no. I mean, in- and if they and if, and if if they followed him to this point, they're not going to stop following him after a, a, a supposed ten day audit. Right. Cause what's going to happen on the, what, the 16th? What, like,
2: let's say the audit comes back and says, same thing. Like, would they then accept it after two months of not accepting all the other 10-day increments of looking
0: into it? So what right. would change? Ron Johnson is suddenly going to say, yeah, I guess so. No, Ron Johnson right. will be part of this 10-day audit or whatever and have a hearing where he entertains all of the, it's this crazy bullshit. Right? right? He's not going to suddenly just stick to the facts. He's going to be presenting this nonsense that Trump is presenting.
2: I still can't get over the fact that what you're actually asking to to happen, overturning like the outcome of election after two months of most Americans and the rest of the world and everything. And, you know, after all of the scrutiny they've done in each state, nothing changed that for them just to say, eh, fuck it anyways. Do they not appreciate what would happen after People would not accept that. You would have chaos.
0: Right. But but like I'm saying, it's not people. Yes, people won't accept it for one reason, and it's because Donald Trump will never accept it. And he said it over and over again in that call with Raffensperger on Saturday. This isn't going to go away. And he's not saying that because there's this very strong grassroots effort that is going to, for years and years, continue to burn about how Donald Trump had the election stolen from him. He's saying that because he's never going to drop it.
2: He's going to impact Republicans. I do want, like, I, I do want to see what his popularity level is in March, in July, Christmas, to see if his it's going to get down to like a 25%, 30% true believers because he's going to be acting out, out of office. He didn't have all of the trappings of being a president, you know? Right. And so
0: I don't want to make stupid predictions. But I've said for a long time that this goes until he dies, right? That the, yeah. the Trump phenomenon doesn't end until Donald Trump does. And I think that that's probably true with a small possibility that something horrific actually happens, which is the thing that, that finally ends it. Right, So he, he drops this woman's name in that recording like a dozen times. It's like Ruby Freeman or something like that. She's this boogeyman that he's convinced or somebody has convinced him is the person who ran the 18,000 ballots through the machines three times, and they were 18,000 votes, and they were all for Biden, and she ran them through the counting machine three times. And I guess she did this twice? I guess she did it during the initial count, and then also somehow figured out how to make sure that those 54,000 votes got counted the same during the audit, and then also figured out during the hand recount how to make sure that those 18,000 votes. Actually counted for for only Biden, and they they counted three times, right? Because this right. is that they ran it back three times to make sure right. that the number was right. Right. But he, in that call over the course of an hour, drops her name and accuses her and her quote unquote lovely daughter. I'm sure she's lovely. Uh, <laughs> calls her out by name. She he, he could get her killed. Yeah. It sounds hyperbolic and silly to say in the absence of something actually happening, but. When you harp on, on one person, and, and you can point to one person as he does, he fingers her, and he says, this well, is the reason. I lost by 11,799 votes, and she was personally responsible for 54,000 of them, right? right? This one person. And you're right. telling me that, that there's, n- there's not a possibility that a president with a rabid base— who's fingering one person as the reason why he's not going to be the president for the next four years, that that might not have some sort of horrific and violent end?
2: Right. At the very least, there'll be a lot of vile sent their way online. At
0: a minimum, it's ruined her life, right? <laughs> at, at the very least, it has effectively ruined her life. Has he mentioned
2: her outside of the 60-minute call? Because if it was just a 62-minute it's just you and the reporters who listen to it. So she's safe in that 60-minute clip. But if he mentions it in a tweet or at a rally, but the here only in Georgia, reason
0: he knows the name is because it's already circulating in right. in QAnon world. So right. he's taking he's ripping it out of OAN and Q QAnon world and right. trumpeting it to uh, the the 40 percent of the country who still supports him.
2: Right. One thing I will say, there was a few people that I was reading online. They listened to the whole thing and they're like, I was. Would- You know, I'm finally convinced that Trump actually believes in his own bullshit, which I haven't listened to the whole thing. I don't believe he—he recognizes that he's trying to will whatever outcome he wants into reality, but he knows what not to cross. The way he phrases things, he has full awareness that he can't come out and say something that is explicitly against the law. And when they were a- kind of asking all these TV lawyers, they're saying there's not enough there to make the case. Not, I mean, criminally. I mean, you can do the impeachment right, thing. Right, because but, you have
0: to know that he's endorsing a criminal act. You have right. to know his his mental state. The, the right. mens rea is the legal term. And right. you're not going to know that. We can all know it, right? right. <laughs> yeah. We all do know it. But that right. doesn't mean that you're going to get 12 people in a— jury box to say without beyond a shadow of a doubt that they know what Donald Trump was thinking in that moment, because you can't know what's going on in someone's head.
2: Right. For those people, I mean, they're making the argument in, in, in bad faith. Uh, but if you were to take them at their word, what does truth look like? Because it seems like you're not accepting any truth. Even when, you know, certain states, the vote goes up a little bit or down a little bit, You know, they find some minor things like in georgia there were there were in two dead people who voted supposedly right that that truth finding is Im- not important to you at all because it doesn't do what you actually want which is the outcome this is entirely outcome based the only scenario where election integrity is confirmed is if it flips short of that they're not going to believe it so you you're, you're putting yourself in a position to where is proof positive that there was election fraud because what I wanted to happen did not happen. And that's all it is. And all this other stuff that you're just making up about Dominion this and whatever, and you're making cases in – like the states don't even matter. Like they're making the same cases that they did about Pennsylvania as they will with Michigan, and they'll confuse certain things like counties and the
0: right. systems and the extreme, that they're using. Right, the, the extreme focus on one state that will not change the outcome – Proves the whole thing is a total fraud, right? Right. That the whole thing, the thing is, yeah. it's like is a just about giving him a win, right? Right. At this point, all he wants is to get one state, whether right. it's Pennsylvania, whether it's Georgia, right, or Arizona, to to come out and say mistakes were made, and 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 to hand him on a silver platter a a purely symbolic victory, right? right. Because he still wouldn't be the president. Right. It would just give him ammunition moving forward. That's but yeah, the they, cause
2: off-ramp. He, yeah, because he could point to, we were getting close, but the deep state, blah, 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 give me more money. You know, he would run that racket. But yeah, I would imagine that there'll be some on the Democratic side or some Republicans will say, look, you can make this case, like what if next time a Republican wins the electoral college, but it's a 15 million vote deficit. So they're not, the Democrats if they have the th- slimmest of margins in the Senate and the House, they can just say "We're not certifying it for no other reason other than the people you know, the people's veto,
0: right so without so that, changing anything That gets to this thing that was released by a handful of congressional Republicans, I think it's eight, including Massey from Kentucky and the guy from Texas, who pulled the stunt, Chip Roy, a Republican from Texas who Yesterday, he objected to the seating of congressional delegations from all of the states where Trump is continuing to challenge results. He is also signed on to this other letter, which is a statement about what was going to happen on January 6th. And this is like a classic, and I'm I'm tired of the phrase saying the quiet part out loud, but this is a classic example of that. And this is just a, a quote, one paragraph from a longer letter. He says, quote, From a purely partisan perspective, Republican presidential candidates have won the national popular vote only once in the last 32 years. They have therefore depended on the Electoral College for nearly all presidential victories in the last generation. If we perpetuate the notion that Congress may disregard certified electoral votes based solely on its own assessment that one or more states mishandled the presidential election— we will be delegitimizing the very system that led Donald Trump to victory in 2016 and that could provide the only path to victory in 2024. Basically saying that if we pull this shit off here, we will be explicitly delegitimizing any future Republican victories. Right. An explicitly counter-majoritarian stance right. Right. from congressional Republicans <laughs> saying, look, we, we know how hard it is for us to win national elections. And if we, if we are the ones who delegitimize the Electoral College, what we need to do is to allow the Democrats to do that. Like We need to be the ones who hang right. on to the Electoral College right. at all costs.
2: Right. I, I suspect that the Republicans he's making this case to will counter with that same system that that gives us the opportunity to win despite losing the popular vote. Uh, is the same well similar system that gets us the Senate, where the two Dakotas get four seats, and California, New York, Texas, Florida each get two, right? And you're right; it is kind of weird to admit that to say, oof, boy, people don't
0: like us." <laughs> right. I uh, we've been going for a long time. It's late now, but I just I shouldn't allow myself to be surprised. But the if the Republicans manage to win these seats tomorrow despite this like this is All the greatest yeah. the greatest so-called October surprise that I think that because you can't really point to a a president on tape saying something as awful as this and we have some really awful things but that But everyone Nixon already
1: said. voted.
0: Well no, not everyone voted. There are hundreds but of thousands of people who are going to actually physically go to the polls in Georgia tomorrow.
2: And that's and a lot of the people I'm sure the Republican pollsters are worried about it because that walk up vote day of like you don't want to lose those because if they if if all of this just like you know what i'm kind of tired of this whole trump era everybody's being stupid and they either just don't vote at all to say let the democrats win but i'm not gonna sign off on it or let me vote for them but that's the concern for them like the people day of that show up or don't even show up because of what happened over the last week or so, with the whole vetoing for no reason, the six hundred dollar, two thousand dollar thing, right. like there's a lot of things that where were you when you could have done something about it? Just kind of sitting on your hands. So you want me to vote for you to continue to sit on your hands? Basically, I mean, Leffler and Purdue, they they're basically their strategy is like how people would just point to Trump and just say you don't need to look at our policy. He's bad. Get him out of here. And this is a way to get him out of here. They're doing that to say, like, no, no, liberal is bad. Right. I I got no policy of my own, but just I can stop the liberal from winning. And that's all that matters.
0: Real quick on Tenet. Tenet fucking ruled, Abe. It was not it. too shabby. I watched it this weekend.
3: <laughs>
0: wonderful, wonderful movie.
1: More Come friend on. movies, please. Not too shabby.
0: You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Just head to brainiron.com for a show note and a rundown of whatever it is I've been writing about recently, which is Also, Robert
1: Pattinson was surprisingly good and also looking very old.
0: Yeah, he was very good. The person who was actually old in this movie was Michael Caine, though. This is the first time that I've seen Michael Caine on screen, and I thought, oh, holy shit, he's really getting old. Yeah, but Robert
1: Pattinson, I think of him as being, like, 19. The also, Twilight here's, a,
0: here's yeah. another prediction guaranteed to be wrong in Abe style. <laughs> this will be the last Michael Caine, Christopher Nolan collaboration. And my reason for making that prediction is that when they introduce the Michael Caine character, whose name in the movie is also Michael, the person who is leading us to Michael Caine says, You must mean Sir Michael whatever whatever. So he gets the the full like royal introduction okay. in a way that he normally doesn't. I think that's Christopher Nolan's way of saying, I think Michael Caine might be. I on have the way released out.
2: you. Wow. Right. By the way, that's like the fourth death you've either predicted or wished for in this episode. A lot of deaths. <laughs>
0: that's not Claire true Thomas, at all.
2: This guy, old man Trump.
0: <laughs> Why are you keeping track I know I'm rooting forth to die? <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, and uh the other one, the turtle. What's his name? McConnell? Mitch I, did McConnell?
0: A, I did not wish for McConnell's death. <laughs> Check the tape. Uh. anyway. It's a very long episode. I bet you that by the time I'm editing the entire last twenty minutes doesn't even make the cut. Right. So we according to the listener put we put out
1: a mini episode.
0: We just talked about the Trump debacle for the last hour and a half. The and good for part that we're for very sorry.
2: the good part for the on Aired end and an unaired beginning of the episode.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, the part that I give a shit about.
0: We also talked about Buffy and movies tonight. And we talked
1: about cats. Instead, cats, I edited yeah.
0: it all down to me screaming about the president.
1: So it's funny. I stayed late at work tonight for someone. Yeah. Because she's nice. And she was like, I'm so sorry I'm keeping you so late. I said, it's okay. I'm just going to go home and listen to my husband scream about Donald Trump for an hour and a half. So,
0: off by 30 minutes. Nailed it. Yeah. You uh, got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we'll talk to you next time. Later.
3: So excited to talk about cats
0: did you see cats abe
2: i saw the first uh, like 40 minutes
0: that's about right
2: and then i was like i don't know <laughs> it's too much i don't know <laughs> it's too much. i kind of lost the point of i mean oh, I there's read no up point on, like, the, you're
1: overthinking yeah, it if you're trying I- to find a point <laughs>
2: man mm-hmm. who shouldn't unbelievable bob, don't, don't deserve talk to about get it in. with
1: the but don't talk about it but bob was very mad an- and he went to bed last night <laughs> but
2: <laughs> imagine meeting a rival to help you out and then they bring in some bum <laughs>
3: <laughs> <What'd you see? laughs>
2: and he didn't even know what he's doing and the, the announcers are like
0: eli tweeted he's eli's tweet in response saquon tweeted out uh, I don't have words or something or speechless or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And Eli quote tweeted it saying, this is why we hate the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> True. And I don't know if it was, a, probably if it's Eli, it's like a sponsored tweet from like French's mustard or something, but. Uh. <laughs> Small percentages, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: um. I hear an essay coming on about how yeah. Bob actually got everything right.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm going to start investigating voter fraud in North Carolina just to prove that my, <laughs> my map was right. John David Washington, who's Denzel Washington's kid? Yeah.
1: Oh, I had no idea.
0: Oh, if you close your eyes for a second and just listen to him talk, it is super obvious. Really? Wasn't ex- really interested in
1: closing my eyes, like but a- okay.
0: Same, they have the exact same voice. He is not a good actor. He's got all of the presence. Like, he has 100% of the presence of the movie star right. and, like, a third of the skill necessary <laughs> right. to translate that presence into... Acting. You didn't answer the question, Abe. Who's who's gonna win?
2: So, despite all of that, my hunch is that it's still gonna be Purdue and Loeffler. Cause like this whole thing is just stupid, and no one learned from anything.
0: I think that the Democrats are going to win both seats.